Chad, uh, what was the last score you, you shot on your last round? Well, I played last night. I got to play uh, Blackhawk Golf Club last night, and I shot 77. Um, so, yeah, 77 um, an 18 hole. So um, I'm usually pretty happy with that. I'm a, I'm a typical low 70s or mid 70s kind of guy. I I don't like showing off, although some days uh, I'm hoping I can get to that point. So under par is something that I don't get to do very often, but I'm a, my average score is probably between 72 and 76, 77. Nice. I, I know you're a good golfer, Chad. So like, have you ever broken to the sixties? Yeah. Yeah. I've shot, um, my lowest is 64. Wow. Um, and that was just a night where it was all coming together. Zane doesn't happen very often. Um, <laughs> I'm just glad I had other people in the group so they could see it. <laughs> yeah. You need witnesses. That's the best yeah, part. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I gotta admit to you here. I had a game of all games. I might've told you this a long time ago, but yeah. my, my greatest score I ever shot uh, was a 78. And uh, that was at legends golf club in, in short. Okay. And it, I'm sure you know what it's like, right. When you, when you're just having a game that you'll always remember. And it's just, it's just, mm -hmm. everything went right that, that day, you know, you were dialed in your swing felt good. You felt calm every shot. You didn't worry about any shot. You just, literally swung the club and that's all you did and you come out with just a a gargantuan score like by your standards and i that was my best round for sure <laughs> oh that's awesome man hey it's it's um uh, i was compared to like um so a golf is hard man and uh sometimes when things like that happen we're just addicted trying to get it back like we feel like once we accomplish something like that i always feel like it's going to the casino and just getting a big win not even a huge win we'll call it 500 bucks one 500 bucks tonight we're feeling good about ourselves. Everything was just happening. It was good. And we keep playing golf or we keep going back to try and do it again. And it's tough. <laughs> yeah. What What are the perfect golfing conditions for you? Do you like golfing in the scorching heat or do you like kind of middle ground? Or? I hate the heat. Yeah. Not going to lie. Uh, my wife likes the heat. Um, but playing golf in the heat is, is tough. Uh, only because you're out, you're not out there for, you know, a half hour, an hour, you're usually out there for three or four, five hours. Um, my favorite's probably like that 21, 22 ish area. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't mind a cloudy day where it's eight degrees, as long as it's not raining or super windy with a chill. I enjoy that climate too, just as much to be honest. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I can't stand yeah. the heat. It just takes the whole <laughs> energy out of me. can't even yeah. walk the whole <laughs> yeah. <laughs> walking walking yeah. <laughs> yeah no chad uh really appreciate you coming on today um happy to have you uh everybody uh just joining in it's uh chad fiener from the golf club um if you could if you could chad um start things off here uh, by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and, and your career and your golf career and whatnot yeah sure um well i'll be honest golf uh golf and career did not go in the same sentence it wasn't part of the plan to be quite honest uh, but i'm uh, i grew up in cape breton nova scotia um in a small community surrounded by lots of family community um you know church and god was a big part of my life uh supporting one another in a small community that's kind of what life was supporting one another um i got married young um always went from job to job chasing the buck and uh in 2005 ventured out to um, alberta from nova scotia because that's just what we did we uh we grow up in in a small community then we venture out west uh, where all the money is 
worked in the oil and gas for 12 years. Um, didn't do a lot of jobs, but started off operating um, um, equipment. Got into uh, driving a little bit, and then I really got into safety. Uh, I didn't like getting my hands dirty. Didn't like that kind of stuff. So went right into um, safety and ended up in a this uh, an operations supervisor role uh, for a little while. Um, in Fort Mac, my time up in Fort Mac was was good. I enjoyed Fort McMurray. Um, however, the scheduling um, is tough. You really kind of lose your focus on a healthy life balance. Ended up going through a divorce. Um, uh, we have three kids. Uh, they're all back home in Nova Scotia. And uh, got back into the dating game in, geez, 2016. And I ended up meeting um, a young lady from Leduc. And I forget the year now. I think it was 2015 or 16 when the forest fires happened in Fort McMurray. I think it was 15. Yeah. I think um, so... I was going through a, another career change and then we had the evacuation um, in Fort Mac and I uh, just started dating. Her name is Melissa in Leduc and she gave me a place to stay while we were uh, figuring things out. And uh, I'll be honest, Zane, I was bored. I was, I was on unemployment waiting for work to pick back up and, you know, had all intentions of going back to Fort McMurray to continue that journey. And uh, Melissa asked me a strange question. And she asked me what I really wanted to do. And it was a puzzling question. It was a tough question to answer, to be honest. And uh, I found a an ad for the Quarry Golf Club in Edmonton. And they were looking for a pro shop, uh, someone to work in the pro shop, like just retail, work in the counter. Didn't need any golf experience or anything like that. Just So anyway, I applied. What's better than working at a golf course, right? So I might as well go do that. So, and to be honest, Zane, I never played. So I was in I was in Fort McMurray for twelve years, about twelve years, and I can honestly say that I probably played a dozen rounds of golf, maybe, maybe over mm -hmm. that time. So it really wasn't because uh, there wasn't any time to be honest. So I took the job as a quarry, um, enjoyed what I was doing. Um, management at the quarry kind of shared the pathway of becoming a golf professional and what it entailed and that kind of thing. Um, and it all starts with the skill set. Um, if you don't have the ability to shoot um, a, a certain score, the career path might not be an option because you have to have that skill set. And uh, anyway, I pursued it and I tried it. Um, let's just say um, it all worked out for the best. And uh, I've been a golf professional now for uh, six years, going into my sixth year. That's very impressive, Chad. And thanks for sharing that too. Uh, it's always interesting, you know, how people could be on the complete opposite end of the spectrum and they just, things bring them together. And especially yeah. no, no, no better play, place to look than love too, right? When when you got someone special here and they introduce you into a world and, and here you are. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a good, like I said, um, it was a, it was a happy accident. Uh, the journey was, again, it wasn't planned, but um, I always say to everybody, I mean, good things happen to those who will wait and good things happen to good people. And you just got to keep uh, getting up every day and doing your thing. And I feel like good things happen. Yeah, that's good. Timing's everything too, right? Timing, yeah, timing works too. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, you, you can, you can force something all you want, but like when, when it's not time, like it's just not going to, it's not going to fly. You know, you got to have patience yeah. and I, especially patience with golf. <laughs> yeah, patience. <laughs> I think that's why I don't like competitive golf, to be honest. That's why I think we were, we were talking about that before we jumped on. Um, you know, when you hear the word golf professional, you think, um, man, this guy's good at golf or this guy, all he does is play golf. And I think that's just, um, just a common misconception, I think, about the industry. I think that um, there's definitely a difference between professional golfer and golf professional, right? Professional golfer are the boys that, you know, play this game uh, to earn a wage, like those on the PGA Tour or the Canadian Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour, or now the Live Golf Tour, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. And then there's the golf professional who is, you know, is just trained in operations, trained in marketing, trained in instruction and that kind of thing. And that's what I do. Um, but when it comes to playing competitively, you know, the PGA of Alberta or the PGA of Canada has, you know, we'll, we'll call it a mini golf tour. Now, you, you are playing for money, but it definitely doesn't have the zeros that are attached to a PGA tour check, uh, that kind of thing. But it's more so for the social, not even social. It's uh, it's supposed to gonna, it's just about competitive golf. Because I was going to say, it's not about, it's about meeting your, your fellow peers. You can't join this league or, or this tour, the PGA of Alberta tour and go out there and, and drink and horse around. It is a professional, you know, tour. So there are, there are guidelines and ways that you have to behave, uh, but you're not playing for big checks. But when you're playing competitive golf, it's definitely a different feeling, a different platform than you know, inviting Zeno for a beer on the weekend and going to play 18 holes. I really enjoy that a lot more than the competitive field for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm really satisfied with my buddies, uh, giving me, you know, relatively generous, give, give me mm-hmm. having to put them all the time. So yes, uh, please. I wouldn't last on that PGA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. What do you mean? You're not going to give me this? It's like two feet. Oh, yeah. like, you're, you're making me putt that, man? You're Come making on. me putt this? Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, no, Chad, that's interesting that you brought up the, the marketing aspect and all these different hats you wear as a professional. Yeah. Like from mm-hmm. a strictly like professional standpoint as a pro golfer, um, yep. would you say that you kind of have to be a jack of all trades to do the job? You have to because the industry is um, – it's a very unique industry, especially in Canada. I mean, we're talking about a, a season that lasts eight months, right? Um, so let's let's say this. Like the PGA of Canada, I believe, has about 4,000 golf professionals across Canada. Um, and every golf club is, is unique, right? So, for example, um, the Leduc Golf Club um, is a semi-private golf course that actually, because of the new upgrades, can operate 12 months a year. Okay, not every facility can do that. Like if you go down the road to a Triple Creek or even Country Club, where you what well, we had, you had mentioned you'd played last week, or Country Countryside. Countryside, yeah. Countryside, which is a, a nine-hole facility that only opens eight months a year, right? So it's really tough to find qualified people to work in that type of um, environment, right? It's tough to get a position or a job and only take it for seven months, and then you're off for four offer the rest and as a golf professional unless you hold a title of a general manager or a head club professional that takes times that takes time to to achieve i mean the golf force i bet you 50 percent or more of the golf force in alberta and across canada 
are seasonal employees and that's tough. So when you say, you know, if you really wanted to get a career in golf, the golf professional hat wears hats like, you know, they're in charge of operations. They're in charge of, you know, planning and executing golf events. They're in charge of marketing. They're in charge of player development. They're in chat. They're in charge of managing and finance and personnel and retail. So you are wearing a lot of hats. And when you become a golf professional, it's not just, you know, golf nine to five every day. It's, it, it it's a lot. And I learned, I'm not going to say the hard way, but my first three years in the golf industry as a golf, as a head professional acting head pro at the Leduc golf club was hard. You know, I was working 80 hours a week. You know, I didn't have a healthy life balance. I didn't have time to socialize. I was in, I was getting in constant arguments with my wife in regards to time and date night and that kind of stuff. I, got, I lost my relationship with my kids. Didn't have time for my kids. Um, I did not play golf. I was at the Leduc Golf Club for three years as an acting head pro. And I might have played a dozen times in three years. And I never played once on a weekend. Like just to kind of put it in perspective, I was wearing every hat you could possibly think of on the operations side. And my job was to make every member of that club happy or love me or just be proud to be a member at the LGC. And that's, it takes on a lot of, I was stressed out to be, to be quite honest. It, it took a lot off me. I'm, I was, I was getting fatter. I was I wasn't playing sports. I never had time for the gym. I wasn't I was I was drained to be honest. And um taking a new role as um going into business for myself as a full-time coach and um entrepreneur like my mom and dad, um, and a lot of my family members from back home are um that healthy life balance definitely is in a much better place and I'm a much better person uh nowadays because of that change oh that's great to hear chad and uh for what it's worth too like when the stuff you post online the thing like when i see you out on the golf course like you strike me like with with your awesome personality as uh like an ambassador to the sport almost you know mm -hmm. so like you, you represent your brand really well and it's it's mm -hmm. really inspiring oh thank you um i think there i think luke Bryan wrote a song that new song called um buy dirt or i think it's called buy dirt there's a there's a line in that song that says, you know, find something that you love and call it work. Um, I mean, that's something that I'm doing. But it took me a long time to get it, Zane. I mean, this stuff, this doesn't happen. It might be similar to you and your pot, your love for podcasts and, and talking and that kind of thing. But for me, my love and my passion is is player development. And I always found or seeked employment like most of us based on money right? A lot of us just look at the paycheck. That's all we really care about. And I'm not lying when I say that when Mel asked me that question about what I really wanted to do, if you want to, if you truly answer that question, it's, it's a hard question to ask because you're kind of coming out of your comfort zone. Like I, I call this the, I live the servant mentality for a long time. So the servant mentality as in all I cared about, as long as my family was happy with me getting a check every Thursday or every Friday or every two weeks, you know, I was doing that job and I was always doing that job for somebody else. 
you know, living by their rules, living by that job description. And I, I was never truly fulfilled or happy doing what I was doing and doing what I'm doing now. Um, you know, Chad Fiener golf is all about building relationships, getting players results and building trust with my clientele. It's not money is like five or six or seventh on the, on the podium toll now. Don't get me wrong. It's important to be successful as a business owner, but you ever hear that you ever watch that doc with, uh, I think it's Simon Sinek and the, like the, the why, the why or the what tr finding out the true why of what you're doing while you're doing something. No, what is that? It's, um, Oh God, you're going to put me on the spot. <laughs> it's uh, I have to look it up because I have a terrible memory. Um, Zane, I suffered my ninth concussion playing hockey last year. No and, way. uh, it's really hurt me. <laughs> I, I, I forget stuff all the why, uh, all the time. So, um, so it's Simon Sinek and it's, uh, he wrote a book and he does, he does a cool little, it's not a podcast, but he was on a YouTube video really, uh, talking about the true meaning of the why you want to do things. And he like, he uses Apple as a really good example of why they're so, so successful. And, they started talking about the why they never talked. They never started with this is how much money we want to make. And this is how we're going to do it. Not the reasons why we want to do it. So it's, it's kind of like we did a lesson together a couple of years ago. Yep. Right. And it was a private lesson. We were just on the range. Right. That That's correct. Right. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So, so that was when I was a, a brand new golf instructor my method of teaching is completely different now because when Zane came to Chad for golf instruction three or four years ago, we spent 45 minutes. I filled your head with, with as much stuff as I possibly could in that 45 minutes. You probably walked away retaining one or two of those things, right? Roughly. I'm not saying that it was a negative or a positive experience for me. I wasn't satisfied with that method because I never got to see Zane again. Right. Mm -hmm. I never got to hear about did what I did, what me and Zane talk about really help Zane down the road playing this game or not. Right. So to me, that was just a straight business transaction where I took your 85 bucks. I gave you as much information as I could and I sent you on your way. I feel like that traditional model of teaching is broken. And I think we need to give students or beginners or anybody that want to watch to play this game, a, just a, a voice, a bigger platform and just more. It has nothing to do with money. So now when I'm teaching, um, let's just say you spent a hundred dollars that day for that lesson. Mm -hmm. Now I structure my, my programs month by month it's like buying a membership at a gym you're going to give me a hundred dollars a month and i'm your golf coach okay i'm going to now give you what you need not necessarily what you want and i want to really build that trust and a relationship with you that after that 30 days of working with chad you have a new friend you have a new golf coach you're going to forget about how much you paid for that program and all you're going to see is the results that you're seeing on the golf course and just how more comfortable you are playing the game. And you're going to refer me to a friend. That's kind of how I build my business and my success now as a golf, as a golf coach, the relationships mean a lot more to me than that hundred bucks that you gave me.
I've totally forgot about that that transaction. I want to hear about the. I want to see you posting stuff on social media about I just shot the best round of my life, or now I feel so much better putting on a golf green, or I feel so much better chipping or driving the golf ball. And those are the success, the success stories that I like, and I love, and that keeps bringing bringing me business. I'm very proud to say that I, I haven't spent a dime on marketing, in my two years, and my programs are always full based on referrals that kind of thing so i'm really happy and proud about that that kind of thing nowadays. that's good to hear chad and that in a digitally dominated world too you'd think yeah. like all the word of mouth and, and traditional mm -hmm. marketing aspect is dying but it's it's yeah. like more powerful than ever mm -hmm. yeah and you know what i didn't um truly believe that when i first started so what I took on this uh, venture as going into business as a full-time coach, I was terrified. I had no idea how to start a business, run a business and that kind of thing. And I started off asking the, you know, asking myself the wrong questions because I was basing my programs on how much money can I make, right? How much time do I have to commit to make this amount of money? And that was definitely the wrong way to, to look at it. Another thing that I did was, you know, I was thinking about, man, I need a marketing campaign. I need to learn how to do social mar social media marketing. I had I need I was asking myself myself all these wrong questions. And instead, you know, really taking the time to sit down and, you know, truly write out a mission statement or ask myself, well, who do I want to be as a golf coach? Um, and once I was able to sit down and really document true honest answers about who i wanted to be as a coach everything else kind of fell into place that's cool um i find too sometimes like like when you taught me uh what you knew uh two years ago yeah i, I can confidently tell you that um you're right like you retain only so much when you're being fed mm -hmm. a lot of information but yeah. it was it was definitely like vital information for what i needed at the time and you you said it yourself it's all about like routine right like when you're routine like leading up to, to hitting your ball you oh know? god yeah uh -huh. muscle memory you need to kind of just follow religiously like a certain plan of action to get to that ball and swinging at it mm -hmm. and uh yeah that kind of set me on the right path at least to kind of take golf more seriously in the sense that i can actually have some confidence and and know what i'm kind of doing instead of just whacking the ball <laughs> No, hundred percent. I mean, I think we all learn a little bit differently, but we all have the same, the same passion and, and wants when we play the game as human beings, we demand, you know, we want to be successful in everything that we do and that's fine. Uh, we all approach golf a little bit differently. Sometimes as a beginner, we, we are intimidated to play on I'm, I'm not just saying as a female golfer, as a beginner, right um female beginner golfers are a little bit more intimidated absolutely but i think we all have this um, notion that we have to have a certain skill set to belong on a golf course or we have to you know pace of play is a, is a big thing in golf and sometimes we're scared of it but not a lot of us know that there's a million different ways to play this game there's not just one right and a lot of us think that um, don't accept the fact that golf is hard, <laughs> you know, like it is hard. Like, like a, a real cool stat with golf is, you know, if the global percentage of 
uh, people that play this game that can actually break 80 is like 2%. Wow. <laughs> 2%, right? Yeah. And uh, when I teach, so this is a really good example. So um, my programs are designed to try and make the beginner golfer feel a lot more comfortable when they make that step to actually play 18 holes or nine holes or whatever it is. <clears throat> um, so I always love sharing stats. So like, let's say our first, our first, um, our first class is going to be putting 101. Um, something else that we take for granted is the short game in golf, putting and chipping, um, a hundred yards and in, I teach my program from the green backwards because that's where we have to learn it. All right. So, um, at the beginning of the show, you asked me what I shot recently. And last night I played Blackhawk and I shot 77, 45 of my shots that I took at Blackhawk, I had a putter in my hand or a wedge, for example, 45, 48 of them, probably hmm. I was chipping in from a hundred or around the green or putting. And then I'll always get the guy that comes to me and says, I want more distance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, Zane? And then Zane, you might've shot, let's say you went out the other day and you shot 85. I would bet a lot of money that 45 or more of those strokes, you had a putter or a wedge in your hand from less than a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all the same. Not going to lie. We're all the same. So what I do, um, so what I'm teaching I love teaching, you know, easier ways of getting the golf ball on the green. You know, like I always say this about the guys, like we want to be fancy sometimes, like we're egotistical. We want to play the longest tee boxes on the golf course, the tips. When we're around the green, we want to take out the 60 degree wedge and we want to see that thing fly up in the air and land and spin. And nine times out of 10, we skull it across the green. (laughs) Instead of taking the easy way and the easy approach, where we could just probably put it up there or yeah. um, I call it putting with loft, use a, a seven iron and bumping it on the green and take a two putt versus sculling it across and shipping it again and three putting. Mm-hmm. So one, one stat that I always love sharing with my students, and these are PGA and LPGA stats is Zane, if we were doing a putting lesson and I was asking you this question from 10 feet what do you think the make percentage is from a PGA professional or LPGA star? And big shout out to Brooke Henderson today. Won her second major title on the LPGA tour, our Canadian star. Um, so for putting from 10 feet out of 10, what do you think the make percentage is for a stud or for a star from 10, from 10 feet? Do you think it's like 80%, 80%, 90%, 40%, 30%? I would go maybe 75. Yeah, make percentage. Like they're going to make that, right? 70% of the time. Hmm. It's like 50. 50, wow. Right? The best players in the world are missing a 10-footer five out of 10 times. So when me and you go out there and play and we miss a 10-footer, we're pissed off. All right, we're like, oh, how can I miss that? I suck. Yeah. No, you don't suck. You're supposed to miss it, right? You're supposed to. Like from 20 feet, the make percentage for a star is like less than 10%. Less yeah. than 10. 
And we give ourselves crap all the time when we're playing this game. Like we're supposed to make those all the time. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. We can, we're going to make one once in a while and it's going to feel real good. But then I'll ask you a second question, Zane. What do you think a PGA Tour star doesn't ever do from 20 feet? Uh, when you're putting. Miss. Miss it? Yeah. Well, I just told you they miss half the time. I only, I, right. So I just told you that they, from 20 feet, they only make it one out of 10. But like, I guess like with all the things that I see on TV, like I see them draining them like no tomorrow. Yeah. But they're only showing you the highlights. Yeah. I guess that's true. Right. They're only showing you what you want to see. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's sports entertainment right there. Mm -hmm. They don't, yeah. They don't show the, you know, Cameron Smith shanking one on 15 or, you know what I mean? Or, or missing that six footer that he needed for par and he took a bogey. But one thing that they never do, and this is a, this is for every amateur golfer that's listening or is going to listen to this podcast. One thing that a PGA pro or an LPGA star never does from 20 feet is three putt. Right. Mm -hmm. How many times have you three putted a green? Countless times. Right. (laughs) Um, Yesterday I three putted three, two, two greens. Right. And I shot 77. Right. So if I were to two putt it now, I'm at 75. Right. Just it's little things like that that drop scores. So getting really good at two putting every green is where you should be practicing and spending your time and shouldn't be trying to hit a driver 350. It should be trying to eliminate those four or five three putts that you have in your scorecard. If you five that if you three putt five times around and you turn those three putts into two putts, that's five shots right there. That 95 that you shot last week, now you're at 90s. Now you're at high 80s. It can be something as simple as that. And I think that's the method and the message that I try and teach my students is you don't need distance. I don't care what your swing looks like. If you can make the golf ball go forward, I can shave strokes off your game. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with hitting the ball further. It's just about being smarter, about making better decisions taking the low risk plays. And um, did you watch any of the opened uh, the, the open to British open last week? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, So Cameron Smith won and something that was really cool. What he did, I forget it was 16 or 17, but anyway, he had that bunker in the front with a, the pin was super tight on the green. So he could either go over the bunker and try and land it close to save his par. Right. Yep. Uh, and take so what he did was he putted around the bunker and gave himself a 20 footer for par instead of taking that risk of potentially sculling it across the green maybe coming up short and landing in the bunker and now bringing bogey in the play so it's these little approaches like he went around the green gave himself a 20 footer and he sunk it right he sunk his par putt from 20 feet versus taking that 60 degree loft wedge that most guys would have taken Mm-hmm. and given themselves maybe they shorted it in the bunker or they got it on the green but now we have a 30 footer and now if we three putt it we have a double bogey instead of a par so it's 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 those things that matter but and yeah and like you said it all starts about being more committed to the golf shot i think one of the hardest things to do in golf is having that discipline to stay within a routine 
or having the patience to stay within a routine. I think maybe that's why I'm, I'm never going to be a pro golfer, like on the tour. Like I don't have that discipline to do that <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and didn't like Tiger Woods shoot like, like hundreds upon hundreds of balls, like every day mm-hmm. for like seven days a week when he was younger. A long time. Oh yeah. It's a, that's a different creature though. But um, so that's a really good thing. That's actually a, a good point. So something that I really enjoy teaching is how to practice. Like I feel like practicing with purpose and practicing with feedback is key to any amateur who wants to bring their game to that next level. And an example of that would be going to the driving range and hitting bucket after bucket is not practice. It's just not, you're not gaining anything from hitting golf balls into a 200 wide, a 200 yard open space because you hear this a lot and you might even be guilty of this too, Zane. Like when we're practicing on the range where we feel like we're striping it on the range, man, I can't miss. And then when we go to the golf course, we're like, what's happening? I can't do anything. Yep. (laughs) That's because the golf course puts crap in the way, man. There's bunkers and there's water and there's trees. The driving range doesn't have any of that stuff. So I always say that, you know, when we're practicing, the driving range is good for warming up. It's good for, and it's, it's okay for practicing, but we have to be practicing with purpose, meaning, you know, dropping 10 golf balls in and trying to hit a draw 10 times and then tracking your progress. If you try and hit 10 draws and you don't hit any draws, take that failure as feedback because that's telling you something. We're not doing something. The golf swing is nothing more than cause and effect. There's something happening in your swing that's enabling you to hit a draw. But you have to capture that. You out there just trying to hit 60 golf balls and getting one draw to 60 and not taking anything back from that, that's not practice. So there's there's different methods that we need to, if we want to get better and we want to bring that our game to that next level, we've got to change a couple of things that we're doing and learn the right ways to practice for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So Chad, just to kind of shift gears a little bit in our conversation, uh, I'm sure you, you you expected this today. Uh, what are your thoughts about the new Live Golf? <laughs> <laughs> what's what's Live Golf, Zane? I've never heard of it. Yeah, what is it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> guys that have lots of money. <laughs> yeah, man, it's um, it's like everybody else. I mean, we all have our different opinions on it. Um, I think it's uh, I think the biggest controversy, like if you've read into it, it's, it's kind of where the money's coming from to support the, the league. You know, it's a, it's backed by, you know, a Saudi, a Saudi group with lots of money uh, full of trillionaires and billionaires. Um, Do I have anything wrong with it? I mean, if you look at it, if you're looking at it strictly from um, sport or how golfers professional golfers on the planet make their living it's definitely a lot more attractive than the pga tour or the canadian tour um or the corn Ferry tour in regards to the time and the opportunity to earn or make a living and uh so all i mean by that is i mean on, on a pga tour schedule yes they're playing for a lot of money no doubt about it but these guys are working man they're playing like six rounds of golf a week 
there's cut lines, there's media. Um, man, there's so there's pro ams that they have to play in. I mean, and they're gone for the entire week. On the Live Golf Tour, that's um, you know Greg Norman is is the lead, the big honcho there. So he's a he's a guy that came from the PGA Tour, has had a lucrative career playing golf on the PGA Tour. Um, and the Live Tour is a eight, I think it's eight, eight round or eight eight events, eight events over five months. The events are only two rounds; they're not four. The purse, the money that they can earn is almost double of what they can earn on the PGA Tour or any other tour on the planet. Their time commitment to participate is less than half. Um, so it's to be honest, like from a player's perspective, if Chad Feener got an invite to play live golf, Chad's going, right? <laughs> um, I mean, it's crazy what these guys are getting. I mean, just for an example, I think. I think Dustin Johnson, who's a top 10 player on the PGA Tour, got $125 million just to sign and play. So his commitment to that 125 is three years, eight events a year, so 24 events in total, and he gets the opportunity to play for hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> to play. So it's kind of a no-brainer from that aspect. And kind of like I was – I kind of touched on it a little bit as becoming a, you know, a professional, a golf professional um, in the head pro role. I was working 80 hours a week, didn't have a life, wasn't a healthy one. And coaching gives me the opportunity to earn more income for less time, getting my healthier life balance back. So I'm very happy with that. So I'm happy for the guys that are able to get it. And I don't really have any political thoughts on where the money's coming from because I'm sure some of the money that we earn comes from crazy places too that we don't want to know. Mm -hmm. um, so, so anyway, at the end of the day, I don't know if it's ever going to be televised. I'd like to see some action. And I think it's great for the game. I think if we can get over the fact of where the money's actually coming from, potentially coming from, I should say, because who knows where it's truly coming from. And it's uh it's just a lot of real rich, wealthy people putting a tour together that they were bored, probably drinking cognac or, or you know, scotch around a fire one night, and they came up with a silly idea, and this is what it looks like. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, like, in my opinion, at least, too. Like, you got a bunch of rich guys that have their money, and they're just using it how they see fit. And, I mean, who are we to judge, really? Like, if it makes money, it makes money. Um, obviously there's always like a, a political aspect or some kind of underlying factor that's like, oh, we shouldn't support this. But I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you just look at it as golf. It's more golf to watch really. Yeah. It's more golf. It's more golf to watch. And it's <clears throat> just another opportunity for the professional golfer. I think some of us, so not a lot of us kind of dig deep and really think about golf as a whole. Like if you wanted to compare the PGA tour to the, the NHL or the NFL. I know it's an individual sport versus a team sport, but just hear me out. The NHL has, you know, 32 teams now yeah, 32. with, with whatever, 20, 20 players per team. 
Um, they have farm teams that make the HL. They're still making six figures or more to play. Um, golf, like the PGA Tour, is a tour combined of 120 individuals that have to earn their PGA card every year to participate or be successful on the PGA Tour to retain their card. When you go below that, like a, a Canadian Tour, the European Tour, the Mexican Tour, like all these tours are peanuts compared to what they make on the PGA Tour. Like an average salary on the Canadian Tour is probably under 30 grand a year. 30, wow. Right? Yeah. The average salary on, so like the, the corn ferry tour is like the farm team of the PGA tour, we'll call it just for comparing things where the, the average salary goes up to closer to a hundred. No, it's probably like 75,000 a year, a hundred thousand a year. And that's playing golf again, like playing golf six days a week. Um, it's hard. I, I remember I caddied on the Canadian tour a few times in Fort McMurray. So there's a few stops on the Canadian tour. Sorry. It's called the McKenzie tour now. Sorry. And um, I got the caddy for some guys on, on the tour and you know, there's a cut line, right? So there's four rounds. If you don't make the cut, you don't make any money. That's the other thing. Like you're paying an entry fee to play. And if you don't make the weekend, you're just off to the next city. Mm. And these guys are living in their van. They're eating peanut butter and jam sandwiches every day. They're relying on, you know, if they're lucky enough where, you know, daddy has money or they have a big sponsor, fine, but most of them don't, you know, and they're, they're taking advantage or they need the support of, you know, a billet family from city to city. You know, these guys are working really extremely hard to obtain something that's very, very tough, which is the ultimate goal of a PGA tour card where they only hand out 126 to millions and millions of scratch golfers that are out there that are trying to achieve this dream. And it's, it's just a tough spot. So like coming from a golf background and being a, um, a golf professional and I see this new opportunity. Yeah. The money is insane. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm just happy. There's another Avenue out there. Unfortunately it's for the only the top and the elite players on the planet, but these guys moving, kind of gives the open the doors and the opportunity for new guys to maybe obtain a PGA card, which guys are extremely working extremely hard and is extremely tough to be, to, to get. So looking at it from that standpoint, I like it. It's just too bad that they couldn't expand the field to, you know, 200 players or 250 players versus 120. Yeah, um, in certain areas of the world, um, obviously you have dif differing levels of logistics and popularity, which which mm -hmm. makes it so like like the the love can't be spread around as much. Yeah, you, that's you right. have this, you have the same kind of issues in, in the art artistic community. You know, like with traveling bands being on the road. I didn't realize that there was like a, a golf aspect, like with with professional golfers that travel like a band almost. Like you said so. Yeah um yeah it's, it's just interesting to kind of see the parallels there you know compared to like all the guys that make the big bucks downstairs. yeah it's 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 an extremely tough road <clears throat> and it and there's a million different ways to get there you know golf again like with golf golf is a little bit different than i'll just use hockey again for an example if uh, you played hockey right zane yep <clears throat> right so um i played hockey i went all through the the levels and played high levels of junior and 
I, I had the dream where I wanted to be a, a, star, a star one day, right? Mm-hmm. Like most of us. Hockey has a path, right? So there's like novice, Adam, Peewee, Bantam, Midget, Junior, right? And then there's tears. If you want to be recognized and have a chance, A, you're always practicing on the ice. I know that sounds silly, but that's kind of what I mean about golf. We don't practice on a driving range. You need to actually get on the golf course and practice on a golf course, or you need to get on a chipping green and hit out of a bunker and learn how to putt and learn how to chip. You don't do that by hitting buckets and buckets of golf balls with a driver in your hand, right? So with hockey, you're always practicing on the ice, just like basketball. You're always hitting, you're always on a basketball court. With hockey, you're going to go through the levels. You're always obviously going to try and make the elite levels because you're playing against the best of the best. But like golf, every level, the financial commitment for families goes up, up, and up, like everything else in life, apparently, <laughs> these days, right? Yep. <laughs> it's it's very hard um, to get to that level. You know, it's and unfortunately, it, money plays a huge factor in that. And mm-hmm. golf, although it doesn't have like the levels, like the novice Adam, you have to you have to play competitive golf, which costs a lot of money. You have to play in events, which is all over the country, all over the province, which again costs money. And you have to place, and you have to, you know, you have to finish like top three, top five, top ten. Um, I mean, there's freaking teenagers out there nowadays that are shooting under par on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Like these guys are insane. It's insanely good. Um, and they're shooting these scores now. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be amongst the best in the province or the country. And they're going to be, they're going to be challenging themselves for NCAA scholarships and like all this, the path is is just money, money, money. It's, it's unfortunate, but you know, like I love teaching the game from the grassroots and, you know, like part of my mission statement, if if it's okay, if I say it, I mean, I want to be able to provide a platform for, you know, all abilities, you know, I want everyone to play the game regardless of location, race, disability, or financial stress. Like I want to be able to take advantage of the, the grants that the PGA of Canada provide, I want to get into the schools. You know, a real good success story for me two weeks ago was we hosted a summer school from Composite High. And there were three members of the class that were Ukrainian refugees that that refugees that just came over from Ukraine because of the war. Right. And they were lucky enough to have family in Leduc and they participated in my class and they held a golf club for the first time and all they did the whole time was smile and they were so happy. They were, it's, it's the little victories like that that make me really love what I do. And although it's great to be, you know, recognized and make or or make or play any sport professionally and make an income, (laughs) don't get me wrong, but it's the little victories like this that really make me love what I do by introducing the game to those that just wouldn't have the opportunity to do so. I love that. Yeah, that's great to hear, Chad. Good to make a good impact like that for sure. Yeah, um, yeah I also find too that uh, – so yeah, uh, one thing also like, like when it comes to like youth 
and, and golf. You, you mentioned like the, the commitment level it takes to get to that high end level. Um, and a lot of that starts at a young age. Sometimes um, that could be a lot of pressure for, for, for a kid essentially. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of a, I don't want to say a dangerous road because you have to make sacrifices if you want to get to the very top. But um, at, at some point there, there's got to be a line where like, you know, I still have to be a kid too, but I need to yeah. really dedicate my craft. Right. 100%. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely different levels of that. One cool thing about golf. Um, I mean, we could use millions of examples, but I mean, what do you need to learn how to putt? You need a putter and a golf ball, right? And you need, um, like LeDuc has a great practice facility where you don't have to be a member to access. Um, we have a really good junior agreement where, uh, you know, anybody under the age of 12 gets free range balls to come to the range. We have equipment there that they can use. That's kind of us doing our part to ensure that, you know, that money isn't, is, uh, isn't the, you know, the bottom line or, the deciding factor of maybe coming to the golf course and playing golf. Um, I put together uh, a lot of fundraising efforts each year to buy students that jump into my programs, equipment, um, if it's from donation or purchasing new. And we always have a play it forward platform. So for example, this year, um, two of my juniors received brand new sets of golf clubs with the intention of when they outgrow them, they pass them on. So it's little initiatives like that that we do to help grow the game but to to jump on you know that dedication level of individuals i think that like most um golf being a individual sport where millennials and kids today are just they're so obsessed with the ipads and the phones and tiktok and that kind of crap that um some of the kids are you know socially timid scared uh to be in that social setting like hockey or basketball or youth group or cub scouts or whatever it is whatever the platform might be that golf you can kind of do by yourself with your headphones in you don't got to do a lot of talking you can go to the putting green and just putt 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 there's a kid at the Gladue golf course who's out on that chipping green every day just chipping golf balls out there by himself, loving it, just <clears throat> doing his thing. And I always say that when I go to the chipping green, I put my headphones on. That's kind of like my happy place. Kind of separates me from everybody, um, all the stresses of day-to-day -day life. And I can just plug in to my favorite song or artist and chip golf balls and whatever. That's kind of my escape. Um, but it's something as simple as that, that can build that skill set to get you to that next level. And one other cool thing about golf Zane is you can play it till you're 90. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's so much opportunity out there for all of us as human beings to play the game and it doesn't have to be all about money or expensive. Like any, anything in life, we can make things as expensive as you want them to be. Right. Um, golf is no different. Yeah, you can go play private clubs or join private clubs and buy expensive equipment, but you don't need to have all the bells and whistles to enjoy the game. That's what I love about it. And um, golf professionals at local clubs are there to guide you on a path of your choosing. We all have different goals and am ambitions, 
they're all going to come with a price tag, unfortunately, depending on how high you want to go. But if you want to play this sport for a social aspect, which I feel is the best way to play this game and enjoy it, um, there's so many fun, uh, inexpensive ways to enjoy it that we just have to ask. And I think that's one one thing about the game of golf. Sometimes um, as a golf professional, Zane, this is another good example of me and you being uh, getting together and doing a lesson. I think some of us are intimidated, not just from the dollar factor, but the fact that we're going to be getting a lesson from a golf professional who might judge us, right? You're going to come to a golf lesson and you're going to be intimidated. You're going to be, you're going to feel like um, this individual might judge our skill set, and we just might not be um, strong enough to put ourselves on display like that. We don't want, as human beings, we don't like being embarrassed. We don't like doing things that we're not good at, right? Um, so it's a big step. And I uh, I really encourage anybody that wants to get better. And I applaud everybody who has, you know, taken a chance on themselves and putting themselves out there in front of an instructor or in front of your friends or your better half or whatever it is. You're, you're a team's at, your team at a corporate event, right? You're, you're, you're the fun guy at work, but man, I suck at golf and I do not want to play in this golf tournament this weekend. I'm going to embarrass myself. But uh, lean on a golf professional at your local club. Just to be, we have a lot of great people in this industry and we're here to help everybody. And we're here to, I'm here especially to show you that this game is for everybody. You do belong. Um, you don't have to have, you don't have to meet a certain criteria to enjoy this game. Um, there's a million ways to play it. Um, and you're, you're always welcome at a club. You're always welcome at a, at a golf club. So I encourage you to get out there and ask questions if you don't if you don't know any of the answers. That's why we're here. That's part of our job as a golf professional. And um, I'm always here and available to talk to you. That's one thing that I love. I want to give everybody a platform and a voice to play the game. And one thing that we failed, I think, in the past was providing that platform. It was always about money meeting a certain criteria or a skill set or you had to be a member or maybe you didn't belong um i feel we've come a long way and i encourage anybody to give it a try it's uh it can be a lot of fun that's great chat i was just thinking too like i'm sure you can appreciate this i think when you talk about fears of golf and like like embarrassing yourself and stuff i, I think a slogan you could have literally would be like a picture of like the first tee box and you being the guy that takes the first shot and people that are waiting behind you so like when you start your round you're the guy it's like you have a crowd watching you yep and like that should be your goal how, how do i how do i get better so i can when i when i, when I get into that moment i can I launch the thing and, and impress some people <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah how do you mentally prepare for that situation situation and that's um you know that's one way that i love i love teaching in a group setting and it's um from a business standpoint yeah it makes sense however from a learning standpoint that puts you in that situation all the time where you're you know you come out to a group class with chad fiener golf and we're meeting new people you're golfing with a golf professional but we're on a golf course and we're playing in a group so yeah, you're going to be put in that situation where, oh Christ, now it's my turn and I got to hit this shot. 
right? It's uh, mentally will prepare you mm-hmm. um, and it will boost your confidence. And um, I'm no different as a golf professional, man. Like that was one thing I struggled with as a young golf professional because I felt like I had this card in my back pocket. I had to, I had to play it to a certain standard, <clears throat> right? It was like no different than me going to play um, in a pro-am. So let's just say Zane, you and two buddies got teamed up with me and we never knew one another. I'm going to be just as nervous as you are on that first tee because I have a card. I have this, I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform because I want to make sure that I'm leaving a good impression on the amateurs or my new friends that I'm I'm playing with in this group that paid money to play in a pro-am. They're playing with a pro, so they're expecting some good stuff, right? And you, as an amateur playing with a pro, you're like, oh, Christ, I don't want to suck in front of this guy, right? I want to hit good shots too. <laughs> the pressure is real. The pressure is the same. And um, I think maybe that's why I'm successful as a golf teacher because I make a lot of bad shots and I make my students feel real comfortable <laughs> when we play together. I, I can just recover a little bit better than them. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, golf is a real psychological game wouldn't you say like when it comes to focus and being calm i know i've gotten angry at times i'm sure you have too like it just that's like the recipe for disaster is when you get angry and you lose your focus because you can't connect you can't you just keep repeating the same mistakes as opposed to approaching every shot as a new shot and forgetting about the old shot you know what i mean 100 super hard to do um so just to understand i mean you only, you only have to beat yourself on the golf course. Mm-hmm. You're only playing against you, right? So, yeah, 100%. When you um, hit that bad chip shot and you constantly focus on the bad shot that you took, yeah, it's going to haunt you for the rest of your round, 100%. But having that ability to um, forget about shots. And, again, I'm a much happier golfer the last couple of years because I've, I don't care, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have, I have a pre-shot routine. I know what I'm capable of doing and I have that ability to commit to a shot. Now it doesn't mean it's always going to be pretty, but I have that ability to hit a shot, hit a bad shot or a good shot. And by the time I get to that ball, that shot's already gone. And maybe it's my concussions that I had and I just forget what I did, but <laughs> I have that mental ability now, not to, not to care. Um, like, that is one of the toughest things to do. And I also have that ability now to play in front of anybody. Um, there was, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to tell a story. My first event of the year. Please do. So we play on a, it's called the golf supply house tour. It's just a, a PG of Alberta golf tour. So we're playing our first event of the year and it's competitively Zane. Like I've only have, I only have, I don't know. 14 competitive rounds under my belt. So not a lot of competitive golf experience. So that's something that I wanted to build on. Okay. So we're playing our first event this year at Belvedere golf club and we are on whatever it is. It's a part, it's a part three and it's coming back towards the clubhouse. So it's surrounded by everybody entering the golf course and the, and the tee box number one and number 10 are right next to this green. And it's my my turn, and I push my tee shot. I hit a I hit a rock in the garden, and it flies out of the garden, and it bounces through the parking lot. It goes across the parking lot, and lands on a green space. 
Okay. So, but it's not out of bounds and I can hit it. So I go and I find my ball and I'm, I'm walking right by the PGA registration table. I'm rock. I'm walking by the first tee and the 10th tee. So there's like 35 or 40 people around there. Um, and I'm also walking through a parking lot to find my ball. And when I find it, I have to hit over the parking lot, which has a Range Rover, a BMW, and a RAV4 in front of me oh. that, I had to, that I have to hit over. So I have to hit over the parking lot, over the rows of cars. There's like 40 people around watching. And I got to hit this silly freaking flop shot about 70 yards back to the green because that's how far I missed it. And to me, a huge takeaway from that moment was I was able to focus on the shot and not worry about like who was watching. I felt like I was there by myself hitting a shot, which was huge for me. And I stuffed it to like six feet from where I was. So I got a nice little applaud, walked back with a nice big old grin on my face. And then I missed my par putt. That's a <laughs> but at the end of the day, I was uh, extremely proud of myself that I never had that nerve. So like I wasn't shaking. I was able to commit to the shot. And that does, that stuff does, doesn't just happen. That takes a minute. Like there's a definitely, there's definitely a difference between, you know, competitive golf and golfing with the boys on the weekend, totally different atmosphere, totally different approach, but I'm able to take that. I don't care attitude into my competitive rounds, which, you know, keeps me grounded to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The lessons that you learn playing golf, even that you can apply oh, to yeah. your life. Like it's, uh -huh. it's really a, a game of, of, of mental health too. Like it makes yep. you feel so much better when you can go outside and, and walk or, or like you said, in your situation there with hitting by cars and then pressure, you know, you found a way to keep focused and, and also, not worry about what people are doing, what people are thinking, you know, it's all yeah. self-esteem, self-confidence, you know, there's so yeah. many things you can take away from, from golf like that, that really help you probably in daily life. So. No, hundred percent. It's all about, uh, it's one of the only sports where you can actually, where you actually play with a group and you applaud or respect your opponents and wish them well. Like you want them to do. Don't get me wrong. There's a competitive edge in, in competitive golf where, yeah, you want to beat the other guy. However, when they pull off an amazing shot or sink a 50-footer or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You always are saying, nice shot, man. Like, well done, well played. You're always shaking hands after your round. There's a, there's a yeah, so life skills, you know, respect, um, teamwork is still a part of the game of golf for sure. That's cool. Really impressive. Well, Chad, we're, we're coming up to the, uh, to the end of our hour here. Okay. So really appreciate you coming onto the show today. Um, obviously, uh, you, you wore your appropriate tire attire for this, uh, event, so, um, we definitely got to get a, a plug in there for, for Chad Fiener golf.com. So would you like to tell the audience a little bit about your, your business? Yeah. So the business is, um, kind of what I mentioned, to be honest, it's all about, um, getting a golf coach. Um, understanding and getting somebody to join you on your journey to better golf. Um, I'm about, uh, you know, gaining your trust, um, helping you reach your true potential. And I really pride myself on getting my students results, meaning 
like I have a program called the scoring method where I absolutely guarantee that I will drop 10 shots off your game or I teach you for free. Nobody does that. Okay. I really truly believe in my process and what I'm doing and building that trust and relationships will, um, it's just, I'm have, I've had so much success with it. Okay. So that's from, and I teach everyone. I mean, I'm a huge ambassador of junior golf. I have a lot of junior golfs, junior leagues, junior academies, junior camps, um, adult clinics, uh, beginner clinics, um, love working with uh, ladies networks or, around the city of Edmonton. And it's all about ensuring that everybody knows that this game is for everybody. Um, and we need help because the game is hard. It is hard. Okay. Accept it. It's just the way it is. So championergolf.com will give you a really nice platform about what I'm all about. There's a lot of testimonials on there about success stories from my students that I've worked with over the last 24 months. Um, I do work year round. I'm a true believer that, you know, the, the off season is about where we work on fundamentals and the techniques. And during the season is where we work on, you know, finding different ways and easier ways to score on the golf course, where we play the game, where we need to learn. It's not about going to the driving range and hitting buckets. So I'm all about teaching, you know, different ways to practice, better ways to practice. Um, I'm not huge on social media, but I, I do utilize Instagram. It's just Chad Fiener golf. Um, but I am here to be a voice and a platform and help you, anyone who wants to be introduced to this game or learn just a better way to play. That's awesome, Chad. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me, Zane. I really appreciate the opportunity to see you and talk to you and I hope to see you more on the golf course. Absolutely, Chad, for sure. I'll definitely see you out there and probably have you on here again sometime soon. Talk about other things. There's obviously so many avenues we can go down with this. So yeah, for sure. Looking forward to it. Yeah, buddy. Thanks a lot. Cool. Okay, Chad.